As always, a big thank you to Myra Green for her music, her composition, Passing Places. You can find out more about Myra Green's music on our website at myragreen.com or follow links from my own page, www.bonnytours.com. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Passing Places. If you're a regular listener to the show, it's great to have you back. And if you're new to Passing Places, I usually say every week it's my personal diaries of my travels around Scotland, mainly by motorhome, also by a motorcycle, and with some hill walking thrown in for good measure. In this week's episode, I'd like to talk about the possible locations I might take myself off to during the autumn and winter in Scotland. Our clocks change this weekend and it'll be getting dark around five, six o'clock. And I'm just thinking, where should I take myself over the coming weeks and months? Now, I've been podcasting for seven or eight months and I'd happily return to almost every place that I've already visited. But there's a few places that are in the front of my mind and I wanted to share them with you in this week's episode. But if you look at the Passing Places podcast group on Facebook, I'm really encouraged by the number of people who are joining the group. And I would ask all of you to um, share your own views about Scotland, any questions you have, any experiences you have, any photographs you have. And between us, I'm sure we can come up with some great places to visit over the weeks and months ahead. So before we get into just some of the ideas that I have for the next uh, few months, I wanted to cover some news and a little bit of feedback. I've had a hectic week over the last seven days and most of it's been in front of my PC night and day trying to sort out the new website. I hope you've had a chance to have a look at it. If you remember, my original website was primarily set up a year or two ago to carry my photographs and videos and I had some aspirations to become a bit of a blogger. But when I started doing the podcast, it's been quite clear for some months that the podcasts don't really show up well on the website. And instead of the front page having lots of thumbnails of places I've been to, you were faced with the Passing Places logo, which was uh, turning the whole front page into just a, a mosaic. So... I've spent a, a lot of time and effort in recent weeks and I've finally come up with a website which I'm still working on behind the scenes and I'd love to get some feedback from you if you haven't had a, a look up uh, to bonnytours.com and let me know what you think. The two main features of the new website are that it's primarily set up to facilitate podcast listening so every episode is on the front page and is one click from being on the on the website, but more importantly, the entire site is designed to be fully compatible and responsive to smartphones, iPhones, Android phones, window phones, uh, tablets like your iPad. So you should be able to go straight onto the website through your phone and listen to episodes directly from there. There's also a number of very big buttons right at the top to make it easier for you to subscribe to the podcast. If you're a, an Apple fan and you have an iPhone or an iPad, you can subscribe to the podcast directly from the front page. And finally, you'll also see a, a button there for a service called Stitcher. Now, Stitcher is going to be 
I think, really big in the next few years. You can currently listen to Stitcher on your computer or on your uh, mobile device. But Stitcher has been investing a huge amount of money with car manufacturers and the future of audio in the car will be streaming audio from all across the world through your dashboard. So I know that uh, big manufacturers like Vauxhall and Mazda are already shipping cars with Stitcher in the dashboard. I'm not sure if that's primarily in the US at the moment or some other countries outside the UK, but it's only a matter of time. So I have had the podcast on Stitcher for some months now and I do get some listeners. And if you're one of those lucky few out in your car and you have Stitcher on your dashboard and you're listening to Passing Places, it would be great if you get in touch. I did notice a review on Stitcher from Johnny the Fox and uh, he said that the Passing Places was great for camper van owners and anyone interested in the wild and wonderful uh, country of Scotland. So thanks for that, Johnny. And if you do listen on Stitcher, you'll see a little uh, thumbs up. It's the equivalent of the, the review button. So if you're listening to Passing Places, it would be really, really good if you could just tap that little thumbs up button on the Stitcher app. And finally, finally, just in terms of reviews, I've got a voicemail here from uh, Joy over in America. And now Joy's been a regular listener to Passing Places since the the very start, if I remember. She she sent me some candies, I think you call them in the US, some sweeties, quite early on as a thank you. And uh, I'll let you hear Joy's uh, voicemail. Wow, how far you've come since you, the inception of the idea of doing this. You've got a great setup going. You're doing great with the podcasts. They're, they're wonderful. They're fantastic. You have a map to show where they, everything is so people can follow you. It's really a terrific thing. I can't believe. It's just great, Kevin. You've done a really good job with it. Uh, congratulations. You've got a lot to be proud of. Take care. So that was Joy Boothby from America, and uh, thanks for listening. So yes, where do you go in Scotland in the winter when the tourist season is largely over? And I often describe Scotland as being somewhat dead, and that's a a big disservice to all those folk who work and live in the Highlands. There's so much going on over the winter, one-off events and places that remain open, so I'm really just talking from a sort of wandering sort of tourist point of view that it's a very quiet time of year and it's a time that I really enjoy, although the weather at times can be pretty severe. So where to go? And I'm just going to give you a quick run through the country, number of places that are currently in my mind and a good place to start is maybe down in in Moffat, which is just off the M74 and the borders. It's not that far after Carlisle. If you're heading up from England towards Scotland, and whilst most people would be thinking about stopping off at the services uh, for a break, it's got a pleasant little town centre and lots of cafes. I love my fried breakfast and big uh, mug of tea. And there's a number of cafes on the main street there. And I can't remember the name of the, the one in particular that I was last in, but uh, I know what it is. And that's where I would head if I went back to Moffat. I also mentioned Moffat because it's the only 
caravan and camping club site that remains open all year round. I think the site at Schoon, just outside Perth, shuts for a couple of weeks in the early part of January. But the site at Moffat, which I've never been on, uh, is open all year round. So it's a good place to stop off if you're looking for a proper campsite and all the facilities and probably a chance to catch up with other out-of-season travellers. So I'm going to take myself down to Moffat at some time in the weeks ahead. And that whole area around Moffat is really quite interesting. There's a, a road, I think it's the A701, which heads up from Moffat to... starts to head towards the borders, up towards Peebles and I think Bigger, up that direction. And there's a place called the um, Devil's Beef Tub, which is a big, shallow, um, almost a tub, if you like, between the hills. And you can stop off on the road and look down, and it's got a, an amazing history going back to the the Borders Reavers. And you might have heard of the Borders Reavers, who were cattle rustlers for the best part of 300 years. Back in the days between like, the 14th and 17th century, the Scotland and England uh, were always at each other's throats, and the, the border country was almost uh, in a continual state of flux. And the border... Reavers were gangs of raiders on horseback, fantastic uh, ability on horses, and they would raid the villages and steal cattle, as well as all sorts of other things from local communities. And because of the complete uh, chaos that existed over, or relative chaos that existed over those centuries, the the border reavers were often uh, on either side of the equation. Sometimes they were fighting alongside the Scots. Sometimes they were fighting uh, with the English. Sometimes they were being harassed by both sides. Now the Border Reavers was a general term for these bands of raiders and they came from English towns in the north as well as Scottish towns in the south. And as I say, they were often taking advantage of the, the politics of the day. And both Scotland and England at times were struggling to exert any uh, control, any civic or governmental control over the border the border country and over the border reavers in particular. So there's some amazing historical stories about different bands of border reavers on horseback creating uh, mayhem and having all sorts of political infighting between themselves and other factions. So Maybe uh, we'll cover the Borders Reavers when I get down to the Borders sometime in the near future. So yeah, definitely give uh, Moffat a, a try out, particularly if you're doing that journey between England and Scotland. It's a good little place to escape the motorway. Now, where else would I consider going this, this next few months? I'm thinking of uh, Fife. Now, over recent years, I've done some walking on the Fife Coastal Path. And in particular, from the area around um, Lower Largo, there's a number of villages, Earl's Ferry and Ely and St Monans and Pitt and Weem and Anstruther and Crail. And I think collectively they're known as the String of Pearls because they are just such beautiful little fishing villages. Very particular to Fife, the, the red tiled roofs and the beautiful little harbours. And one of my favourite places is Pit and Weem, and I really do hope to perhaps do some walking on the 
Fife Coastal Path in the winter and maybe stay a night or two, if not in Pit and Weem, perhaps near Anstruther or St Morans or Crail. In Pit and Weem itself, there's a, a pretty good fish and chip shop and the one in Anstruther is, uh, I think, almost uh, famous at a national level. But uh, Pit and Weem, definitely a, a place worth visiting. And I also, I also remember there's a little chocolate uh, shop cafe there. I think it's called the, is it the Pit and Weem, Pit and Weem Chocolate Company is maybe the, the name of it. And there's also the Pit and Weem Inn, which does really good food. But that whole area along the coast there is well worth a visit. And I'll maybe put a link or two to my videos of my walks on the Fife Coastal Path. So I definitely need to go over to the East Nuke of Fife at some point in the winter. Moving on to another area that I'll definitely visit is the Skipness. I've mentioned Skipness, I've stayed there a few times, mentioned it on the podcast, and it's over on the Mullovkin Tyre. And I noticed in the last week that David Church, who listens to the podcast, was over in Tarbert, and I think he particularly likes the Starfish Seafood Restaurant in Tarbert. But uh, Tarbert's a, a lovely little place to visit. You've got all the boats in the marina there, and you can jump on the little ferry that takes you over to Port Avadi, and you can explore Tinnabruch and Kames and the whole uh, Kyles of Butte area. And also from Tarbert, it's quite handy to, I suppose you take the ferry over to Isla, or you could nip up to Loch Gilphead and take in the Crinning Canal. So I think a trip over towards Tarbert and maybe some well camping down at Skipness. And David was also, he was down a, a single track road that I was down earlier in the year in the van. And it's there's a little uh, village called Tevalach, if you look at the map. And a single track road heads almost south out of Tevalach. And it goes right down the, is it the Tevalach Peninsula? And it gets down to uh, Dana Island, which is more of a, it's not quite an island, it's a, it's the very end of the peninsula. And I went down there in the van in the springtime and I was looking for a wild camping spot and maybe David, you could get back to me, but I, I drew a blank in the sense that the road was very exposed and very low-lying fields. I remember the the sheep and some lambs been around and I thought this white van of mine is sticking out a mile and I got to the bottom of the road and I turned around and I could probably have at the bottom of the road there I think there's a little car park but I ended up coming back up and I checked out the campsite at Tevalach and uh, the pitches were way up the back of the site so I ended up going back to my favourite little spot at Skipness so if you found any little gems places to stop over David then let me know so Tarbert in that area, uh, over in the Mull of Kintyre, is definitely a place I'll be revisiting this winter. And then another place in my mind is Skye. Uh, I was going to talk about Skye and Elgol in particular. You'll see some photographs of Elgol on the website. And it's a place I spent, last time I was in Elgol, I spent a week. I took a holiday cottage for a week. And I had a fantastic time. The, the scenery down there is spectacular, but I've decided probably the best thing to do is park Park Helgol for now because if you remember, I met Joyce and Carlo uh, just a week or two ago up in uh, the little f village of Killin, and they've agreed to come onto the podcast. 
they should be on next week's episode. I'm going to be talking to them through Skype on, I think, Thursday. Uh, they're back in Boston, so we'll maybe let Joyce and Carlo tell you all about Sky. Now, there's a couple of other places further north that I definitely want to visit, and one of them is uh, the small village of Port Mahomic, which is in Easter Ross. If you go up through Inverness and on over the Black Isle and up past Dingwall and Allness, you come to uh, the village or the town, the town of Tain, and off from Tain you can go down to the it was a fishing village, Port Mahomic, and I had the fantastic uh, pleasure of living in Port Mahomic for a year, a long time ago, and uh, fantastic beach there, and fantastic sunsets over the Dornog Firth to the hills of Sutherland, and this little road goes off down to the end of the peninsula at Arbut Ness Lighthouse, and I fancy take myself over there for couple of nights at some time in the winter. I still have a few friends up in that area so I could catch up with people. And if you're in Port Mahomic, there's a very, very quiet over the winter. But there's the Oyster Catcher uh, restaurant and cafe. Go in there during the day for cafe food and if you book, you can have a really nice meal in the evening. So Port Mahomic, uh, check that one out. It's a really nice little place. And then finally, the one that's really probably top of my list in terms of where I want to get to this year is back up on the north coast up round the Kyle of Tongue and I would like to spend a few nights in Durness. I think I've mentioned before, in fact I've been through Durness a few times this year but the campsite in winter whilst it's officially closed they quite happily allow you to use the campsite and the toilet blocks are open with uh, cold running water and if you contact them beforehand they'll for a, a daily fee, they'll provide you with electric hookup. So, Durness in the winter, best possible place I can imagine, short of getting to Orkney or Shetland to see the Northern Lights. So, I just would really love to get up to Durness, maybe over New Year, if not sooner. And uh, I'm sure many of you who are listening have got your own memories and your experiences of travelling around that North Coast and you probably know all about uh, Durness. There is the Mackay's Rooms Hotel, which I, I found was, I didn't stay there, but I found it quite expensive. There's also a petrol station and reasonably well-stocked uh, little spa mini market, and you're not far, a mile or two over to the Balnakeel um, craft village. And Balnakeel's got an interesting story. It was a it was built, I think, in the 50s to be a maybe some sort of radio or radar station to listen out for the Russians. It was as the Cold War was getting into full swing. But it was never actually commissioned. And since then, it lay empty. Uh, buildings are quite ugly. Uh, single story, most of them. Uh, lay empty for a long time, but it's been completely rejuvenated by local people. And as I say, it's now a craft village. And even in winter, I think some of the... Whilst the place would be quiet, there's still one or two of the little places would be open for a cup of tea or whatever. And I know there's another uh, chocolate uh, chocolate place at Balnakeel. I'm trying to remember the the name of it. Um, name escapes me. But uh, well worth a visit. I think it's called the... the the Coco, 
think it's called the Coco Mountain. But anyway, uh, and around Balnakeel, there's also a lovely beach down in the bay there as well, which I think, if I remember rightly, there was some no parking, no overnight parking signs. But anywhere around there, if you're perfectly at ease through the winter to park up in your van, and people, I think, generally recognise that you're bringing some financial benefit to the local communities on the north coast. So the north coast of Scotland, definitely on my list of places to get to. So that's just a few places in my mind. Uh, I'd love to hear your views on uh, anywhere in Scotland that you could recommend for a get-away-from-it-all type break. And if you can come up with ideas, I'll maybe take you up on it and do an episode and cover that particular location. So please have a think and get in touch. It's been, as I say, great how many people are beginning to engage, not only with myself and the podcast, but with each other. And as a result, it'll give me that extra push to to get out and get to places. Another reason as well is all the work on the website. The reason I'm sort of uh, confined to barracks is my MOT on my van ran out yesterday and the tax obviously runs out at the end of the month and I've managed to book the van into a place in Perth. But uh, all these things, it's never as straightforward as you imagine because of the workload that they have on. So I'm basically taking the van up there on Monday and I might not get it back until Thursday or Friday. And that's assuming that uh, habitation checks and the service of the the van and the MOT are all uh, go by without too many problems. So I won't be out in the van next week either. I'll be climbing the walls, but I'll be back on the road the week after next. And uh, we'll take it from there. So just to bring all this to a close, I hope you do like the new website. I hope you can manage to subscribe to the podcast. And I hope that you can participate on the Passing Places podcast group. You can also get hold of me on Twitter, at Bonnie Tours. I keep forgetting to mention, I should say it right at the start of the podcast, that uh, you can also contact me by email. It's feedback at bonnietours.com. And Bonnie is B-O-N-N-I-E. And finally, finally, I also wanted just to remind you that you can support the podcast through the affiliate links on the new website. I've uh, left a couple of banners on the right-hand sidebar to Amazon. The Amazon shop I have won't resize to mobile devices, and that's not a technical problem. That's a deliberate uh, policy of Amazon. They won't allow their uh, products to be featured on a website store on mobile devices. So I'm going to have to just uh, live with that, I'm afraid. And remember, you can also check out all my videos on YouTube at um, Kevin Scullion. If you type that into YouTube, you'll see all the different videos I've made of Scotland. The ones on the Five Coastal Path are worth a look. There's one on Elgol. There's also one on the whole trip around the, the North Coast, which you might want to have a look at. And as I say, in terms of next week's episode, I should have Joyce and Carlo and a summary of their trip around Scotland. Uh, I'm looking forward to speaking to them on Skype and we'll try and get that into next week's show. So let's bring it to a close and just want to thank you for listening. I hope you keep listening and I really do hope you get in touch and that we can take the podcast uh, forward in the coming weeks. So we'll close there and as I always say, I hope that one day we might bump into each other somewhere 
on our mutual travels around Scotland. In the meantime, stay safe. I'll play out with Myra Green's music, our composition Passing Places. Thank you. <laughs>